of getting wisdom uh, that we can gain in this world and uh, probably a reference to our earthly fathers or around us as well um, to obey their teaching or their teaching that are trustworthy. I give you a chance now, an opportunity to bring before your Heavenly Father uh, this day, whatever emotions come to uh, you come to it with, whatever's on your heart that you want to speak to Him about, a chance for you individually in your heart and in your mind to speak to Him before we say the Lord's Prayer together. So just take a moment or two, a minute, to speak to Him individually. And why don't we say the prayer that Jesus taught his followers to say. Uh, It's on the screen if you need that. Otherwise, you can keep your head bowed as well. Our Father in heaven, praise be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Continue to pray with me. Lord God, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to gather together to celebrate fatherhood, which you have granted. And thank you that you teach us and you show us what fatherhood is all about. Help us now to fix our eyes on you and the things that you have to say to us and the word that you have for us right now. Remove any distractions, remove any emotions that are unhelpful, Lord God, that we can fix our thoughts on you and your word and hear from your teachings. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, friends, today we're on Training Titus, and that's our series that we've been doing today, particularly thinking about being trained by trustworthy sayings. And we'll focus in on that trustworthy saying, which comes out of Titus chapter 3, verse 8. Now, I want to start, and I was just start as we're thinking about sayings of your dad, or dad's sayings. And um, I'm not talking about dad jokes. I think we've got them all out of our system, haven't we? Uh, I'm not talking about those English uh, rules or those dads, uh, those English sayings, you know, I before E except after C, um, or, you know, that that kind of rule. And there's so many exceptions, isn't there? But what I mean when dad's sayings is sayings that you can remember your dad, you know, verbalizing. One that I remember my dad saying was, um, you'd ask him where he's going or where he's been, and he'd say, uh, I'm going to see a man about a dog. This, I don't know, a few people, have, I don't know if it was just his generation or he's a country boy or what it was, but it was pretty non-descriptive. At times it was unhelpful and it was just frustrating at other times. I don't know, for you, any, any others? Maybe it's a surrogate dad, maybe it's a... a I don't know, a stepdad saying you heard, or a granddad saying, a great-granddad saying. Have you got any sayings of dads that you can think of? Another one that I think of, I'm pretty sure my dad said this. He said, don't do what I do, do what I say. <laughs> and to me, that struck hip- hypocrisy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, th- there's all types of sayings that dads might say. And not all of them might be trustworthy. 
But what is one that you think of that is a trustworthy saying that your dad has said or a granddad, a great granddad, a spiritual granddad, um, or a spiritual father? Have you got it? Well, we're going to think about some trustworthy sayings. Trustworthy sayings we saw there in Proverbs. Proverbs is encouragement to gain wisdom and to hear from and learn from your father and I suppose that's the trustworthy things of your father uh, that it can teach you and Neil uh, father Neil thank you for reading those for us today and uh, Titus we have in Titus and we hear there is actually five trustworthy sayings in the scriptures did you know there's five trustworthy sayings in the pastorals which spiritual father Paul says to his spiritual son, Titus and Timothy. Now, there, there's five of them. Uh, that's where they are. And what a, what a good thing to do on Father's Day, maybe, is to search up those five and to reflect on those five things. There's some homework for you if you want to do that. So you can find them in 1 Timothy 1, 3 and 4. Uh, there's, the, there's the trustworthy sayings there. Three of them are there. And then a fourth one in 2 Timothy 2. And then the fifth one is in Titus 3. Now the first one, the first one is a really short one. It's a, a simple one capturing, it's kind of like a, a Christmas verse really. And it is this, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's a great one, isn't it? And it captures the gospel in one short sentence. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's the first one. The fifth one you find in Titus chapter 3, verse 8. And it's probably uh, it's referring to what is before that. And it focuses on, on the loving Father, the saving Son, and the sanctifying Spirit. And we're going to have a bit of a time looking and reflecting on that. Now, in Titus's day... They didn't have what we have. They didn't have the Bible and the full scriptures of the Bible like we did. So this might be like an early creed for them. Something for them to memorize. And we started to memorize it in that song, didn't we? Say so yes, yes. <laughs> Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Yeah, uh, he saved us. Yeah, we started to memorize that. And it is a great one to memorize, for us to memorize. In, for the Cretan Christians, they had some false teaching happening at that time. And they had some moral challenges that were happening around them and they were confronted by as well. Last week, uh, Richard shared and his helpful title was When the Teacher Leaves the Room. And kind of in the island Crete, the Apostle Paul had left the room, so to speak. And he was giving them encouragements and, and what can happen. And he gave a bit of a funny story of what happens when a teacher leaves the room. Personal antidote. Thank you for sharing your life with us. <laughs> uh, warts and all. That's right. And the week before that, I shared about the gospel and the focus uh, and the gospel as it's personified uh, like a teacher to us uh, who stands in front and teaches us to say yes to the things of God. And like a trainer who stands beside us and coaches us on to say no to the things and the pleasures and the passions of this world. And I do want to focus us on and get us to think about gospel-centered lives, gospel or Christ-centered lives, because it's so important. 
And it's important to the Minton family to be a gospel-centered family. It's important to your, if you're married, to your marriage to have a gospel-centered marriage. It's important to your individual families to be gospel-centered. It's important to us as a church family. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean that the aspects of the gospel that you can recognize when you have got something wrong. And you can walk down the road of repentance, that is called. When you can work out that you have really stuffed up, that's a Greek technical word, I think, is it? No, sorry. Uh, When you have really got things wrong, and you can actually turn from those things. And a gospel-centered life means that you can, and a gospel-centered church means that you can actually then seek forgiveness, or you can grant forgiveness to someone that needs it. A gospel-centered church life and a gospel-centered family means that you seek reconciliation and the way of reconciliation because God and His gospel is all about reconciliation and bringing relationships together and back together. And He's given us the gospel of reconciliation. That is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5. We have the ministry of reconciliation. And so I encourage us to be gospel-centered church and have gospel-centered, uh, gospel-centered families. And what a perfect day, what a perfect day to actually live that out. A day like today, Father's Day 2022. Maybe you're a father who needs to seek forgiveness. Maybe you need to uh, look to your father or maybe you need to grant a father or grandfather, stepfather, forgiveness. And what a day to do that. What a day to take up and be a gospel-centered person. Well, in Titus 3, verse 3, actually, that's kind of where his gospel explanation starts. So let's have a look at that together. If you turn to there, and I'll read it for us. It says, At one time, we too... We're foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. He starts off the story, and it's not a very good one, and because it's talking about our humanity and our sin and our brokenness, that we are enslaved. We are enslaved to our pleasures and our passions before we come to Jesus. And so the passion demands something, and we follow. Our, our pleasure demands another drink, and so we comply. Our passion deserves another intimate interaction, and our pleasures and passion of this world, and, and so we comply to that. We are enslaved to sin. The master demands, the desire dictates, and we comply. That is what it is to be enslaved and a slave, which it talks about here. And being enslaved isn't, isn't a good thing, it's being enslaved to our sin and ourself. And everyone is in that predicament until the kindness and the love of God appears in your life and steps into that. And Romans 8, which I referred to earlier, Romans 8.15 refers to us being, we are no longer slaves. We're no longer slaves to certain things, but... And there is a big but in the Bible, but 
We are sons and we are daughters when we come to Jesus. And this is the good news story that we find in Romans 8, 15. There is another, uh, as you look at verse 4, back in Titus chapter 3, verse 4, there is another but in the Bible. Um, the Bible is full of big buts, and here's a game-changer one, because in verse 4 it says, But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, He saved us. Hallelujah. Our Saviour appeared. Did you notice? And last week, Richard passionately preached and shared on this, the kindness and the love of God. And if you go back a chapter to chapter 2, verse 11, it talks about our salvation appearing. So here in 3.4, we have our Saviour appearing. In in 2.11, we have salvation appearing in Jesus. And when salvation appears, the grace of God is there, the undeserved gift, the generous gift of God is given. And when we see the coming of Jesus, the living of his life, the giving of his life and the rising of his life, and when we come to believe in that, then it changes our behavior. It changes our life and the course of our life. And salvation appears in verse 11 to 11, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. And now here in 3, 5, salvation, the Savior appears and He saves us. And it goes on to say in verse 5, not because of the righteous things we have done, not because of good deeds or anything good that we have done or can do, but, and here is the third big but of the morning which I want to bring to you, to you, but because of His mercy. God in His mercy has pity upon us, has pity upon our circumstances and our situation. And He shows mercy to us and He brings us His love. Last week on Sunday, I, after Sunday, I dropped in at a park and I was talking to Dr. D. Uh, that's not an Avenger character for our young people. That is a friend of mine and he really is a doctor. And he was sharing about a patient. Now, he believes in patient confidentiality. He wasn't sharing particularly about that patient, but the circumstances. And he said that uh, the reaction of one of his patients this week as they process as what he shared with them. I'll give you the picture. This was a lady in her late 80s. She had a husband who was in his early 90s, but he had the news of telling her that she had acute leukemia and only two weeks to live. And he saw, he said, as people process that and he sees people processing this, he, he sits there in front of them and they process it. And the, the kind of things that came out was she was saying, uh, how is this happening to, to us? You know, I've, I've been, we've eaten good food in our life. We've been good people. We, you know, we've done good things. We've been in, involved in good organizations. And a doctor friend happened to, have to say to me in his wisdom, it's got nothing to do with your goodness. You know, there's people that are younger and significantly younger than you that get this, and they die too. 
You know what? We, we all can think like that at times. We all can have those thoughts that there's good things that we have done that we should deserve or attain God's love and affection towards us. But it's got nothing to do with our goodness. It's got to do with God's grace. It's got to do with his grace. And verse Titus verse 5 reminds us of that. Not because of the righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. That's what we celebrated really in baptism last week, didn't we? That washing and renewal that we can have. Whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus our Savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. This is a trustworthy saying which Paul puts to young Titus to put to the people. It's about God's mercy. It's about God's grace. It's about God's gift of his generous gift of his spirit and his spirit work in our life. And notice here, it's um, rooted in grace and the root of grace is a tree that grows up and produces fruit of goodness. And so in verse 8, it says, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God, notice those that are trusted in God, those are the ones that are trusted in His grace, be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. And we'll look at more of that next week, or what is doing what is good. But it's getting the right order. The grace first and the goodness comes from that. And the good deeds which follow in line with that. Now this is the gospel message. This is a trustworthy saying. And I, I want to put that to you today. I want to remind you of that today. A trustworthy saying uh, to be on our lips, to be on our hearts, to be in our minds. And as we think about that, um, all of us have to make a response to that message, that good news message. And sorry, it might just click through there. I'll just sit it there. Uh, all of us have a response to make to the good news message. Every person that hears it needs to make a response to it. And really, there's only two ways to respond. And that is what some have come up with this little tract called Two Ways to Live. Have you seen it? If you haven't, there's a new version of it. I have three here for the first three people that find me at the end and I can give this to you. It is a really helpful way of just putting the gospel in pictorial form. I challenged Isaac in his preparation for baptism and there's his six boxes in the drawings which he came up with. I thought that was pretty good as he, uh, he began to commit that to memory as well. Uh, there they are there. Uh, which really outlines, I've got the t-shirt on today. It's a choice we all have to make. But as we finish on this trustworthy saying and this trustworthy saying for Dad's Day 2022, I want you to remember Titus 3. I want you to remember the loving and the kind God that we have. The most loving and kind God who is full of goodness and that's why we started singing that song. He is a good, good father, isn't he? That who, that's who he is. That's who he is. He's a good, good God. And he's a good, good father. And Jesus is the loving and the kind 
son who is willing to give all of himself, sacrificially giving all that you might live. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who is God, who is God in us and the gift and the generous gift of God to us that walks with us and reminds us of our sonship and that we are sons and daughters of the living God. See the good news today. See the gospel message, the trustworthy saying. And may it really be upon your hearts and your mind. To finish off our time together, I'm going to encourage us to sing a song uh, which reminds us of how deep the Father's love for us is. And it is a great song to finish on on a day like today, isn't it? It's a great song, and I want to encourage you to do two things, or I want to encourage two things today. If, for the first time, you are wanting to call out to the Father who has that grace gift of forgiveness for you, you want to come to Him in repentance, then I'm happy to be down here in this song and to pray with you. Or if, if today, for some reason, or there's something heavy upon your heart, and you want prayer for that, I would love to do that with you at this time through this song. So that's what we're doing over the next minute as we sing this song. How about I encourage us all to stand now together and to sing. And if you want to come forward for the offering or if you want to come forward for prayer, to do that through this song.